Caution. Learning in progress. All right, welcome back to Smarter Every Season. My name is Tyler Hubert, and as I have been for about the last seven or eight weeks, I'm joined in studio by Hans Stetsman. As we go through the final episode of our spring update style uh, Smarter Every Season podcasts, um, Hans, how are you today? I'm good. I am doing good. Good. I think it's worth mentioning here off the top. Um, I say final episode. We'll get to that, or I'll circle back to that at the end. But I know there are still some parts of the U.S. that are still putting in their crop actively or are really just maybe getting off to a good start. I will say this. Um, I don't want to appear, I don't want us to appear tone deaf to that. We're going to cover kind of three areas here that, again, as our goal has been, we want to talk about things that are driving our call volume and kind of prepare dealer network for next steps. So we're going to talk briefly about post-emergence, side dress, and specialty crops. And I would say this, if you're not in that phase of planting, the total kind of body of what we've done over the last seven or eight weeks of providing kind of the spring updates, if you will, or what we're seeing from the field, those are all still very viable tips. I don't think there's any of those as I kind of circle back through them that have changed or changed drastically, or I would advise any differently. Yeah. So, they're all still current, current issues that we were working through. Yeah. So I guess based on where you're at, you can always go back and take a look at show notes. And if you feel like there's a note that's relevant, give that episode a listen. I mean, certainly we're going to recommend listening to all of them, right? But, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do realize we've done seven or eight of these episodes. And so, uh, again, checking the show notes and just kind of seeing where you're at in spring and, and playing that episode and making sure uh, you're prepared for that, I think is good advice. So I, I think it was just kind of a note to mention um, the totality of these episodes I still think uh, is very useful for wherever you're at kind of in yep. in the in the spring planting process. With that, we'll go into to the bullet points that we do have prepared for today. Mm -hmm. And we want to talk quickly off the top here about post-emergence. Just some quick thoughts on as we get into uh, seeing uh, crops come out of the ground or peak out of the ground. Yep, yep. This is the uh, time of year where we get into the... that phone call that stuff, hey, this doesn't seem quite right. This seems questionable. What's going on here? Why is this different? Um, and so just a reminder that go back to your understanding of agronomy, your understanding of how crops emerge, what makes a difference on these crops. Um, 90% of the time it's not going to be planter related. It's going to be something else related. Um, just as a FYI, we are seeing a lot of things related to tillage and groundwork this year, creating some issues and seeing some emergence and stuff coming out. Um, ground conditions are making a big difference this year. So go back to that post-emergence class that we talked about in training last year. Go but look at those details, those resources on the cloud. Walk through some of those key pe- points of looking at um, what does it take for crop to emerge? What are things to look for within that? So just as a reminder to look back, don't do go back and do the due, due diligence on emergence itself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know even, I don't remember, I think I was talking to you the other day, but basically, you know, we did have a real wet, cold start to the spring and then had 90 degree heat like we went from 50 to 90 it seems like in temperature almost overnight uh and so what that kind of caused is kind of a fine crust yeah it went so with that high heat on top of there you you basically start to bake the top of it real Mm -hmm. hard and so we had this muck in the ground with the crust on top and then high heat there was one day in this particular area that we're in that soybeans if you plant soybeans on one particular day most of those guys are back out replanting. That was great conditions when you planted it. It just turned off so hot afterwards that we yeah. are at. So there's there is a there is a time frame where 
Um, it was nothing to do with the plan. It was everything to do with the weather that happened afterwards. Yeah, good point. Uh, let's move into side dress notes here. Um, basically want to jump into setup. Yeah. Um, so just a couple things to remember on side dress. Make sure that you're setting, that you are treating it still like a planner in the context that you still assign rate section. So all rows need to be assigned to a rate section. You need to make sure your swath control is set up. Um, if you're doing the, remember that in side dress, you've got the options for half rate or double rate on the ends or normal rates on the ends. Make sure you set those up. Um, and then if you're doing a flex system, you still need to make sure you're doing row assignments, SRM row assignments. That's got to be pushed into the display itself. And that's Gen 2 and Gen 3. That is Gen 2 and Gen 3. You have to make sure you you assign SRM rows, uh, SRMs to the rows that have flex models. That'd or be in the SRMs. equipment setup. Yep. yep, in the equipment setup. Um, another thing on that then is to make sure that you are selecting a coverage source or that it is selected for the liquid for, for the HD system. When you set up a side dress bar, it's going to ask you, where you're going to the option to select what is the coverage source. Make sure you have that turned on for the product that you want. So, Quick note on jumper colors, too. Yes. Uh, jumper colors are also a big key piece of this. When you, you cannot have a, in a Gen 3 system, you cannot have a jumper set to none. Um, if you have a flex module, that is a black jumper for the HD. There's an SRM in there, and there is a black jumper for the HD on there. So if you plug an 8-pin connection in on the flex module, you also need to make sure that the Gen 3 is set up has a black jumper for HD module. Yeah. That doesn't mean, just to be clear, that you need a black jumper you plugged in. You don't need one. It, it needs to be set as set black as. jumper yep. in the monitor. Correct. Awesome. Correct. Okay. Let's go ahead into some notes on specialty crops, Hans. Yeah, especially the crops. So we're getting that season. We're probably mid midway or halfway, or, or only even probably might be halfway through some of this. But this is something we're seeing pop up a little bit. Um, specialty seeds. Make sure you're running eFlow um, with it. Static's a big deal with these with some of these smaller seeds and specialty crops. So make sure that we're making sure we we cut some of that static out with eFlow with that talc mix. Yeah, I, I want to be cautious on something here too because <laughs> I get in the mindset of corn and soybeans, everything else being specialty. Right, I've got to catch myself. There are some folks out there that all they farm is specialty, specialty yep. right? Well, the reason I refer to it is that I think is there's a lot of times, and I know even this is the case here locally uh, with some of my family, um, but they will plant a primary or 95% of their acreage, corn and soybeans, and then do something else around here. It's pumpkins. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yep. And so that's why I'm referring to this especially because a lot of times those are came – after we put in corn and soybean, soybean crop, crop, we come back around to yep. specialty type stuff. So it's not to to single that out as anything <laughs> unique. Yes, yeah. But it's just we handle those different. We are primarily we have some setups that are pretty standard for corn and soybeans, and then there's some of these other systems that we just want to encourage you to remember a couple of things with. Well, and that leads into the next bullet point of setup because there's a lot of times where, like, let's just say a 16 or a 24 row planter mm -hmm. planting a specialty crop. They only use certain active rows. So like on a 24-row planter, it may be, well, I'm only going to use row 2, 5, 8, so on across the planter. Yep. I want to call out, and we've talked about this in the past, do not take anything out of the hardware setup yep. and do not take anything out of your rate section setup. All rows need to be assigned to a rate section. Yep. You activate and deactivate rows through the crops tab. Yep. Adding to that, what do I need to know or what, what do we what do we set for a row spacing? How do we handle row spacing with specialty types? Yeah, so this is the interesting part of it. So you know, just to back up your point, the way I often think of your two pieces is as long as the physical rating are all still on the planter, 
and all the hardware is still on the planter, I don't take hardware or pieces or change anything else. The only thing I'm changing is the active rows in the crop tab. That's one way to think about it. So what we're talking about, though, is the effective row spacing or the controlled row spacing that you were mentioned here. What does that get set to? Um, so a good way to think of it, if you're looking, if you're setting your, your population for 32,000 where you want, I want 32,000 seats in one acre. Um, and that's what you want it to do on rows, an effective row spacing of you're skipping every four rows or something like that. Then you need to set the effective row spacing to match what you're actually planting. So if I'm, if I'm planting every four rows, that's 120 inches. My effective row spacing needs to go to 120 inches. If I'm going to set 32,000 and get 32,000 seats per acre, if I want to in row spacing, that's going to be different than that. Let's say I, I want, I want to plant what would be 32,000 on in a row, but I don't care if I, if I'm going to plant in every four rows, my in-ground population is going to be 8,000. I'm doing the math in my head here. So pardon my math on this. <laughs> um, so, but then that would mean that I would leave the effective row spacing at a 30. We'll plant each row as if there's within a, on a 40 foot bar. If you have all 16 rows, we'll plant each of those four rows that are active as if they are, full of 30-inch rows, but there'll be a spacing that's distanced out that way. Well, the, the funny thing, too, is a lot of times this conversation goes, I want to plant 32,000. Just pick right. a figure, right? Yep. And we will ask, okay, so is that like, do you want 32,000 seeds in an acre? Or Guys you, aren't 100% sure, but what they'll say is something like, well, I, I just know I need seeds about every six inches. Yep. Okay. okay. Hey, we then can work with them. You yeah. can work with that. Yeah. And actually, there's a great tool on on the display. There's an average seed spacing box. Mm -hmm. If you drop that in there, that gives you the row average seed spacing, not the planter total accurate yep. seeds. And that's actually a great tool to, is the sanity check to make sure that you have yeah. it set the way you want it to. Yep. So it's in there for Gen 3. It's in there for Gen 2. It's just a small box that pops up. You can drop it on the screen as a widget on the Gen 3 or as one of the dashboard buttons for a Gen 2. Yep. Um, and it's just a, a sanity check to make sure that you have the correct average spacing for it. Yep. Which, by the way, in my scenario, 32,000, wanting 6-inch spacing, that'd be an effective row spacing of 30 inches. Correct. Right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, so lastly, Hans, I think it's just a reminder to make sure and use the, the crop setup guides. These are on the order guide. Um, they're set up for... Uh, VSET 2 and VSEP Classic. Um, it's just a reminder to say, make sure that if you're doing a specialty crop, make sure you're using the right disc, um, the appropriate singulator, knockout wheel, yep, things of that nature. I, I get, if you're ever unsure, I mean, that's a, a perfect opportunity to run that seed on a test stand and see, yep. uh, you know, this is the seed I used. I was able to set the population in vacuum, and here's the performance I got. And so this will be the best disc if there's something that we don't call out in that guide um but yeah it is just to refer back to that and say hey we do have a lot of all of our most of crops, crops we've crops tested we've tested that are out there um it's just a good rule and it's a good rule of thumb to kind of see what the population range is there's a seeds per second assignment to each one of those so some of you guys might have changed populations this year you're running well it worked last year but we're now we're getting into a different rate this year okay not saying it can't work. We just might have to adjust our expectations on speed and 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 rate and kind of how we're handling those. So just a good reminder on those. Um, there are there's one for classic. There's one for reset two, and there's actually one for eset. Now a lot of the eset ones, um, sometimes they're just a setup that we're using the John Deere disc or we're using whatever else is out available for that. So yep. I think one thing I wanted to clarify too: the comment on making sure to use eFlow. That's only in a vacuum meter. Yes. Don't use it in a finger. Don't use it in so a just, finger. Just to clarify that. Yep. 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 Um, 
Hans, I think that's all I have today. I will mention, too, uh, the crop setup guide is on the cloud, on the order guide. If you go to VSET 2 or VSET Classic, yep. you'll then see a tab for crop kits. Correct. And that'll also have a PDF in there that you can that you can view that. Yep. So, Okay. Anything else? No, I think that's it. It's kind of sad. It's the last one. Yeah. Yeah. So on that note, too, uh, we're probably looking about two weeks out from yep. today. Uh, where we start to get back into our regularly scheduled programming, <laughs> if you will, um, where we'll get back into our, our kind of 30, 45 minute, or maybe even sometimes a little bit more. Everybody knows how windy we can get um, interview style podcasts. And like I, like we've mentioned, this will be kind of the last of the spring style ones. So I just want to thank everybody for listening to these. We've had good feedback on these. Um, and guys kind of have appreciated us kind of putting some bullet points together and, and doing this on a weekly basis. So um, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Hans, for – we talked about this last week. I'm surprised that it's been you and I. We've managed to hit every one of them. Yeah. That's, that's, I expected, fully expected there to be even days where I wasn't – or one of us wouldn't be here. Yeah, I was expecting some celebrity to, to step into every now and then. But two weeks from today, we'll get back into our kind of regular cadence of the, the, the longer interview-style episodes and um, hopefully maybe pick these up again next year. I'm looking forward to that. All right, good deal. Well, with that, on behalf of, behalf of excuse me, Hans Stetsman, my name is Tyler Hubert. Have a safe and happy spring.